This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 76, and it'll be about the four in-house AEW themes that were released at the very end of 2019. Sort of like a supplemental EP to the last episode. And before we start, you know, I I do want to plug the brand new Voices of Wrestling New Japan 2019 Year in Review ebook. Uh, It's actually the reason why this episode will be shorter than usual, because (laughs) I spent so much time working on it, um, as did so many others. I mean, this is a gigantic compendium about the year that was in New Japan. And we've done it every year for six years now, and uh, just a, a ton of hard work goes into it. Between the writing and the artwork and the stats, it's a massive undertaking. And we'd all love it if you bought the book, you read it, and you enjoyed it. So you can get it at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash NJPW19Book. That's the number 19, not the word. And it's available on Payhip, which is pay your own price, or Amazon Kindle, which is $5.99. And all of the money earned via book sales is split amongst the contributors. So it all goes to them. So, again, that's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash NJPW19Book. All right, now that's out of the way. Let's get to the topic at hand here, which are the four AEW themes that were officially released and put online at the end of last year. The themes are for Private Party, Joey Janela, The Jurassic Express, and Awesome Kong. And (laughs) the timing of these releases could not have been funnier because... If you remember on the last episode, the Taste of 2019 episode, Suit and I, we played three AEW themes, but they were all done by outside artists, not by their in-house composer, Mikey Ruckus, because none of his themes had been put out yet. Makes sense, right? I swear to God, the episode was recorded on a Thursday, literally Friday, the next goddamn day, AEW puts out those four theme songs. They're on Spotify, they're on YouTube, studio quality, crystal clear. It's like, ah, you couldn't have just put them out a little bit earlier? Maybe a week or two ahead of time? Gah. But hey, look, nonetheless, we'll talk about them right here, right now. As I mentioned, uh, AEW's in-house composer is a guy named Mikey Ruckus. He's actually done a bunch of wrestling themes for UK indie guys, uh, mainly in RevPro. Uh, In fact, you may remember way back when on the Zack Sabre Jr. episode... We played Zach's Rev Pro theme. That was done by Mikey Ruckus. Yep. Saber Jr. Yep. Zach Saber Jr. Yep. Hey, there is something y'all can't understand. He's a technical wizard man. There is something y'all can't understand. He's a technical wizard man. There is something y'all can't. Where the light. 
lights drop, these flash moments, this is what time stops, it's like a matrix, in slow motion, but he moves in real time while you're still frozen, it's like you telegraph, your every movement, he is the technical... So he definitely has his fair share of experience as far as wrestling themes go. Certainly not as prolific as a Jim Johnston or Jimmy Hart or CFOs or what have you, but he's not a total rookie either in that respect. So we'll start off with the first theme here, and it's for Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, who are one of the exciting young tag teams in AEW, and their theme song is simply called Private Party Theme. This is the dance club banger. You go to a club, looking real nice, people are dancing, there's drinks, there's bouncers, maybe some gangsters trying to diss your fly girl, so you have to give them one of these. You get the picture, right? This is the music that plays in the club really loudly. Big upbeat synths out the wazoo, drum machine bringing up the backbeat, a lot of energy, a lot of pep, and a real artificial quality to the music as well. No live musicians here on this one, except for the vocals, which are hip-hop, but it's not dour street thug hip-hop, is it? No, it's upbeat, it's lively, this is a private party, but you are rolling bodied. Again, like the music, it's not trying to be down-to-earth or gritty or quote-unquote real. It's trying to get away from all that. It's trying to immerse itself in the party and in the club because that's what you do when you go to a club or a big dance party. You go to escape real life and leave your cares behind and turn up the music really loudly and dance the night away and just have fun. And that's private party. That's their gimmick. Their life is all about the party and the club and the fun atmosphere. They're billed from a location where you need an invitation. They weigh in at 24 ounces of vodka cranberry. When they make their entrance, Atlas Security opens the velvet rope to let them walk down the ramp. These guys, you know, they're not gritty and down-to-earth and low-key themselves. They're young, they're fun, they're, they're brash and cocky. They like to have a good time. Cassidy wears the fur coat. Quen has that weird-ass blonde haircut and the vest of the tails. They're throwing beads around during their entrance. It all lines up. Now, as for the rest of the song, I will read these lyrics here and attempt not to sound like the giant white dork that I am. So here we go. Look around and I see. Got a line at the club? No, no. Security guard, blame me. And he tried to slow up my flow, but the party's with me. All the ladies with the girls? Let's go. That's right, blame me. Rock the spot and you already know. You can hate if you want, you're just mad at yourself, 
because I came and I grabbed that top spot. Such a shame, because you spent seven years being doorman, if you never got that one shot. We kick in the door, you stand in the frame, trying to be a nice guy with a knock-knock, chin tucked, head down, walk forward, and we kick in the door. Let's go. Okay, so obviously my white dorkiness was pretty evident there. I'm not going to lie about that, but, you know, Private Party, they are the hot new tag team on the scene. They want to get into the club with the bright lights and the big crowds and the fame and the fortune, but there's someone standing in their way. The security guard, the doorman, the likely older tag teams and wrestlers who are a little bit bitter that they're still working the door and not in the club themselves. Now, Cassidy and Quinn, they will try their best to be nice guys and knock on the door and politely ask the other wrestlers to move. But if they don't move, chin tucked, head down, they're going in because they're young, hungry, and undeniable. So a good theme fits them very well. A little annoying after you hear the chorus for the seventh time in a row, but (laughs) what club banger isn't annoying after a while, right? So it's true to life, I guess. Theme number two, and it's for the bad boy Joey Janella, the pride of Asbury Park, New Jersey, baby. And Joey, you know, he made his bones on the indies fighting in GCW and Beyond and PWG and CZW and taking some crazy bumps and doing some disgusting weapon spots. Well, now he's in AEW where he's um, still taking crazy bumps and doing dangerous weapon spots, but he's doing it now on national TV, so God love him for it. This song is called Bad Boy. I'm a bad, bad boy. Joey Janela fan will know that his theme song on the indies was Protovision by Kavinsky, which is this big synthwave electronica song, pulsing rhythm, great music for driving at night, and great music for Joey as well. Because it's got these pounding neon-colored 80 synths and this nasty guitar just spiking in there at times during the hook. It just screams like cool 80s dirtbag. And that's Joey Janela. You know, he's the bad boy with the sunglasses and the jackets and the cigarettes and the accent and the general scuzzy vibe about him, you know? <laughs> You're not supposed to like him, but you do because he's cool, he's charismatic, he draws you in, you can't help but love the guy like a lot of bad boys. So, Protovision is a perfect song for him. Now, this song, Bad Boy, it's not an exact ripoff of Protovision, but it's going for those same vibes cool 80s dirtbag. Except this time, there's less emphasis on the synths and a lot more emphasis on the guitar. We got a big swinging dick of a guitar all over the song. 
just letting those licks fly. There's still the synths in there underneath that serve as the rhythm section, and they become more pronounced as the song goes on, and they do give the song that same driving tempo as Protovision has, but it's the guitar that takes center stage here. And as a result, Bad Boy is not as heavy as Protovision is, because Protovision has those just giant pounding keyboards that just pulse in your ear so loudly. This song, it focuses more on that smooth 80s guitar and less so on the synths. So this one falls a few notches below Protovision on the heaviness scale. But regardless, you know, it's still so on the nose and in your face and excessive and proud of it. Again, that's Joey. Everything that makes him him, he wears it right on his sleeve. He is not a shy guy at all. He wants to be front and center, the main event, the big star, and being this excessive, outspoken, cool 80s jersey dirtbag is the way he does that. So, Bad Boy is right in line with who Joy Janela is. One more thing about this song that I do want to touch on is the stinger. I'm a bad, bad boy. On its face, a good stinger for Joey to have, because it's his voice, he's saying his own nickname, there's a hint of menace to it as well, which fits the gimmick, of course, but when I first heard it, I couldn't help but notice something odd about it. For some reason, after Joey says, bad, bad boy, there's a split-second fade-out effect, and then the song comes in right afterwards. I'm a bad, bad boy. And I thought to myself, well, that sounds a bit awkward. Why would Mikey Ruckus put that in there? So it got my brain to thinking, and then it hit me. That is practically the same stinger from Joey's theme that he used at All In in 2018. On that show, Joey came out to a remix of Protovision by this guy named Dylan Spears. He goes by JD Spears on YouTube, and he does these epic orchestral remixes of wrestling themes. He's done Goldberg, Kevin Owens, Undertaker, Naito... He made one for Marty Skrull as well, which Marty actually used once on a pay-per-view. The song he made for Joey is called Proto Revision, and it opens with a stinger that sounds a little something like this. I'm a bad, bad boy. <laughs> Now, I'm not shouting Jacques at Mikey Ruckus for lifting the stinger from Dylan's song for his own and then fading it out before the laughter. I'm not doing that because the spacing in between Joey saying the second bad and boy is like a millisecond longer in Dylan's song than this one. It's a little hard to notice, but if you listen closely, you'll notice it. So, no, it's not an exact copy from one to the other. But goddammit, it's close, isn't it? It's really fucking close. There's the same echo effect as well. I, I, mean, I mean, look, look. There's enough doubt here to where I cannot say that he stole it from Dylan. For all I know, Joey recorded the line again with the same exact tone and inflection and everything. So no, I cannot 100% say that this was a case of musical thievery. What I will say, though, is that I think Dylan Stinger is much better than this one. Both because there isn't the awkward fade out, but also because of Joey's mischievous laughter, which I think is a, a lovely added touch to the proceedings. In any event, we'll move on to theme number three, and this is for the fun trio of the Jurassic Express, which is of course 
Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy. I repeat, Jungle Boy. Not Jack Perry. Not Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Not Jungle Jack. Not Jungle Jim. Not Jungle Land. Not Jungle Love. Not Jungle Boogie. Not Bungle in the Jungle by Jethro Tull. Jungle Boy. Okay, Jim Ross? Okay? That's his name. Please, how hard is it to say that? <sighs> I digress. I digress. This is the Jurassic Express theme. So if you're going to be a big wrestling dinosaur like Luchasaurus and do a Jurassic-themed tag team in general, you got to have a theme that showcases that. And this song does a great job with that, especially with the intro. Those low, boom, boom, at the start. They remind us, of course, of those ground-shaking dinosaur stomps from Jurassic Park and tell us that, hey, something big is coming. Opponents get scared. And then it does the big, tense, dramatic ramp up with the strings into the climactic Jungle Boy scream and the Luchasaurus roar. It's a very vivid cinematic intro. But then again, this is a very vivid tag team. I mean, it's, it's Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt, you know? These guys are not, you know, bald, black tights, ham and eggers. One is a Jungle Boy with cheetah boots. Another is a wrestling dinosaur. And the third is Tiny Marco Stunt. They're a very colorful trio, and I think that cinematic quality really does carry over into the rest of the song as well, with the dramatic orchestral strings and horns in the background, the marching percussion, bum 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 The lead guitar melody is very heroic sounding. It conjures up these images of an old school adventure movie with explorers, you know, trekking through the jungle looking for treasure and cutting their way through the brush with a machete and evading ancient temple traps and fighting off local bandits. And there's a dinosaur for good measure, too. So, yeah, it's fun, it's heroic, but it also has a heftiness to it as well with the orchestration. Of course, the thing that's evident about this song is that it, it really doesn't fit Marco Stunt all that well, does it? No, I mean, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, obviously that fits them to a T. Marco Stunt, not so much, because besides the baby Saurus mask, Marco does not have a jungle-slash-dinosaur-themed gimmick. He's small, people think he's a little boy, he runs around and causes all sorts of mischief and mayhem, a bit of an odd pairing with the main focal point of the act. 
Wait a minute. Small? Little boy? A mischief maker? A weird pairing with the main focal point of the act? An adventurous theme akin to, say, an Indiana Jones movie? Folks, Marco Stunt is short round from Temple of Doom. And he's got a baseball cap to boot. Son of a bitch, I got it. Now granted, Marco Stunt isn't Asian. And Short Round never did the floss dance. But by golly, if that movie was made in 2020, you can bet your bottom dollar that that kid would have flossed right in Molo Ram's face. Mark my words. One more thing real quick here. I do want to bring up the full, full entrance for the Jurassic Express, which is where the, the boom, booms hit, the camera shakes, and then it cuts to the video of the water cup rippling like in Jurassic Park. And then the roar, and they come out, do the rest of the entrance. But I really wish they would bring back that first part again soon because it just added that extra little cherry on top to the whole entrance, which is already pretty cool. So, the fourth and final theme is for a female wrestler, Awesome Kong, who is a member of the Nightmare Collective. And no, I'm not talking about the government, folks, okay? <laughs> Oh, but I just... No, the Nightmare Collective is Brandy Rhodes's spooky stable. Uh, one of a few in AEW, actually. And Awesome Kong is the heavy. She's the big monster in the stable. So she beats up the other women, and then Brandy comes along and cuts off a lock of their hair like Crispin Glover in those Charlie's Angels movies. Kong's theme is called Eight Million Ways. There are eight million ways to die. She's one. Eight million ways to die. She's one. We start off with a gong. A bit of an odd choice considering Kong is not Asian. Um, I suppose in this case you could say that the loud thunderous crash of the gong symbolizes the arrival of a monstrous force. Also gong rhymes with Kong, so okay then. But moving past all that, we get the, no pun intended, awesome stinger here. There are eight million ways to die. She's one. Are there actually eight million ways to die? I don't know, but it sounds cool as fuck, doesn't it? And the demonic voice drop for She's One is perfect because Awesome Kong is a big scary monster. It says it all right there. You get in the ring with her, she'll destroy you. As for the rest of the song, it's also pretty fitting. No fun, no charm, no heroism, no adventure. This is just straight up ominous darkness. 
nerve-wracking strings, the dingy industrial pastiche, lots of harsh metallic clanging in the background, almost sounds like steam is being released. It's not a pleasant sounding song at all. And it's marked with a very slow, methodical pace too. It's not frantic, it's not crazy, but it's coming towards you and you can't stop it. Of course, nowadays, Awesome Kong is well past your physical peak and doesn't have the capabilities of being frantic and rushed. But to be fair, she doesn't have to be. You know the line from Goodfellas, Polly may have moved slow, but it was only because Polly didn't have to move for anybody. That's Awesome Kong. With her, it's all about having a presence, and that presence is unstoppable. Doesn't matter what speed it is, it'll get you all the same. Now I've brought up the entrances for some of the other songs here. I'll bring up the one for this. This again I think is just a really cool entrance. All the lights go out, and the only thing illuminated is Awesome Kong standing on the rampway, head down. And you hear, there are eight million ways to die, she's one. And Kong lifts her head up, and she's got a mean look on her face. And you see Brandy's hand peek up and rest on Kong's shoulder from behind. And then Brandy slowly reveals herself from behind Kong. Which actually works, because Kong is so large and Brandy is so small, you legit don't see Brandy until she walks around Kong. So yeah, a big thumbs up to the entrance. Unfortunately, that's about the only nice thing I have to say about the Nightmare Collective. I like Kong, I respect her a ton, and I have nothing against Brandy on a personal level at all. But, as far as the Nightmare Collective gimmick goes, as my half-Italian, half-British friends would say, I Maron, get in the bin. And that's it. That was our look at the four AEW themes that were released at the end of 2019. I'm sure they'll put out some more eventually, which is great. You know, there's just been so much criticism towards AEW's in-house themes, but we've only heard them at shows. And I've done my fair share of critiquing myself, but in order to give something a proper listen and a proper judgment, it's best to have a clean studio recording. WWE have not done that with the recent themes. AEW has, though, so good on them. As for my overall assessments on these themes, you know, I wouldn't say they light my world on fire. They're not amazing, they're not bad, they're just, they're, they're fine, they're okay. And the titles, sure, they're not the most creative in the world, I'll grant you that, but these themes, they do fit the wrestlers that they belong to. And I'll say this too, the run times of these themes are right in my wheelhouse. They all hover around the three minute mark, so it's not like a CFO's theme, where it's four and a half, five minutes long, and it just goes on and on and on. It's also not like a WCW theme where it's only 90 seconds long and it kind of leaves you unfulfilled. Three minutes, that's the sweet spot right there, so good job Mikey Ruckus. And I look forward to talking about some more in-house AEW themes in the coming months. Alright, well that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can check out all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at MusicOfTheMat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can discuss the podcast and many other topics at the VOW Discord. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate and click the big Donate button underneath the name Music of the Mat. I can now confirm 
that we've gotten at least one donation. So whomever you are, just know that you're the best, and I appreciate it greatly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And of course, one more time, I'll plug the VOW New Japan 2019 Year in Review ebook, voicesofwrestling.com slash njpw19book, 19 the number, not the word. Pay what you want on Payhip, $5.99 on Kindle. Choose whatever option you want, but just get the book all the same because it's a fantastic book and I put my name on it. Literally, my name is in the book many times over. <laughs> Finally, rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.